Congratulations, Seth, on losing our WWE Tag Team Championships last night. Hey, hey, maybe if you'd asked nicely, if you'd just asked me nicely, I might have came out there and helped you. But no, you're too stupid, and you're too selfish, and you wanted to do it all by yourself. How did that work out for you? Well, lucky for you, tonight isn't going to be like last night because I don't care. I don't give two cents about your stupid little championship. All I care about tonight is beating your ass. He speaks. Stop the presses. He's not a mute. He speaks. Now, in all fairness, it's not Dean Ambrose's fault. And as you will hear in a few moments, when you actually dissect this storyline, between Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, maybe him being a mute is the wisest thing for WWE to do. That and a whole bunch more on this week's edition of Breakfast with Blossie. It's a beautiful morning. The birds are chirping. The sun is shining. And you're listening to Breakfast with Blossie. Next up, some smooth jazz on your drive to unemployment. I know it's mean to say you're green, but you gots to leave WWE. You're not fit to be the shit. So stay at home and make my grits. <laughs> That's the first verse. If anybody's looking for a new co-host for any radio <laughs> show, I'm available. Good evening, wrestling fans, entertainment fans, and the Anthony of wrestling-news.com. I want to thank you very much for listening tonight. Oh, how I had no idea that the wrestling world was filled with atheists. Dixie, you are forgiven. Hi, I'm Kermit D. Frog. I am the new GM for Raw. NXT! NXT! Yay! Get the fuck out of here. Go into the TNA Impact Zone with one of those metal detector wands, and when Hogan comes out to cut his promo and he's doing the air guitar, just turn the fucking thing on. <laughs> Since youngins do listen, some of your youngins out there do listen, I think it's a little bit too inappropriate to be using the word cut on this show. People out there, remind me in a little while the word Hindu. That's how the shows go. If you're new to the show, whatever comes to my mind, that's what I say. <laughs> uh, total non-stop Anthony That's what you got tonight Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Anthony Total non-stop Anthony Hey, what's up everyone? Don Tony here Welcome to this edition of Breakfast with Blossie For November 7th, 2018 I know we opened up the show A little bit different than usual I really wanted to get Dean Ambrose's promo out there and open up with this. Because Monday, uh, Kevin and I in the DTKC show had an interesting conversation regarding the progression of the feud between Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose right now. And I am very disappointed. I feel it's been very underwhelming. If And people that did not hear Monday's show, I've mentioned this. If you look at the greatest portrayals in wrestling history... There has always been an immediate explanation by the person basically creating the betrayal. You look at the greatest betrayals in history. There's always been a promo, something explaining it. Dean Ambrose has been a fucking mute up to this point. And the night that we learned that Roman Reigns' leukemia returned and they had the tag title change and Dean Ambrose turned on Seth Rollins, the big question everybody had, why, Dean, why, why? And the only scenario I could come up with that week is the following Monday on Raw, he'll come out and he'll talk about Seth Rollins being selfish and all he thinks about is titles. And Roman Reigns, their brother, just went down with an illness and Seth Rollins is wants to compete for a belt. You know, it just, that would be the logical way to go with this. But they haven't. No explanation at all. 
And I started thinking about this yesterday. This was before the house show that took place last night in Leeds overseas. And what Dean Ambrose's promo gave me last night was an exclamation point of what I really wanted to say today. Now, I'm trying to understand WWE's logic of the storyline leading up until now. Now, I know some of you out there will say, oh, well, you know, the fact that Dean Ambrose is so silent about it, that makes you want to see Seth Rollins get even more revenge in this. Now, greatest betrayals in history have an explanation right off the bat. And that is the focal point of it. And I started thinking about this yesterday. The only logic that I could come up with as to why Dean Ambrose has been a mute on TV, with the exception of the house show, is that if you actually take the idea of what I said the night that he turned, and you actually take a step back and think about it for a minute, Dean Ambrose's reasoning for turning on Seth Rollins would be a sympathetic one. Now think about this. Dean Ambrose, if he cuts a promo on Seth Rollins, our fallen brother, he he's, you know, he's fallen and he can't compete and you want to fight for tag titles? Now think about that for a minute. Makes Dean Ambrose's logic make complete sense. So now if he does go out there and cut that promo, a lot of people will dissect it because that's what everybody does in this day and age and, you know, social media and online. They'll take a step back and say, you know what? That's very admirable of Dean Ambrose to do that. He didn't have titles on his mind. He didn't want to fight for a belt that night. But Seth Rollins did. And Dean Ambrose snapped. So what do you do? Now, yes, WWE was caught completely off guard, You know, nobody knew that his illness would return, Roman Reigns, and they had to improvise. But they knew around Thanksgiving that they would turn in Dean Ambrose heel. So they already knew where the progression was going to lead up to. Now, obviously, they had to do the fast track of it. But again, if Dean Ambrose would have given an explanation and they go that route, you take a step back and you're like, you know what? Kudos for Dean Ambrose. Yeah. You know, their fallen brother and storyline. Well, it's not storyline. It's real. But it, when you take that and you put in a storyline, you know, that's cool for Dean Ambrose. He doesn't want to think about titles that night. You know, now, look, I know a lot of people were talking about, you know, the storyline progressing that Dean Ambrose wanted a universal championship match and somehow thing he was jaded and this, this and that and he would turn, blah, 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 blah. But Seth Rollins is not the universal champion. He's just an IC champion. I'm not saying that to belittle the IC belt. That logic goes out the window with the world heavyweight title shot because Seth is not stopping him from doing that. And in storyline, if Seth and Dean would have won the tag titles, why would that stop Dean Ambrose from still competing for the Universal Championship? Seth Rollins is a, was a multiple belt holder. Why can't Dean Ambrose be? It's eight days of Pedro Morales and Bob Backlund teaming up. So you look at that storyline, and what I just said adds to what I said on Monday. WWE has put themselves in a little bit of a situation, and as each week goes by, And that immediate emotion of Roman Reigns falling ill, that subsides a little bit. You kind of, the shock value of the heel turn wears off a little and wears off a little and wears off a little bit. And an explanation is really not, you know, what everybody craved from that night. So they're milking this. And honestly, I think they've done a piss poor job in this storyline leading up to it. Do I want to see those two fight at Survivor Series? Absolutely. It's obviously not happening because of title versus title and where they're going with that. And I actually, you know what? I might as well get into the current lineup for Survivor Series. You got Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles, no belts on the line. Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch, same thing. Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke, uh, Battle of the IC US Champions. Uh, Raw Tag Champs, AOP versus SmackDown Tag Champs, Cesaro and Sheamus. Um, You have Team Raw, which so far is Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler, Braun Strowman, and two more wrestlers to be added versus Team SmackDown of Daniel Bryan, Miz, Shane McMahon, Rey Mysterio, and Samoa Joe. You also have uh, the women's Raw versus SmackDown. 
Um, right now, Team SmackDown is Asuka, Carmella, Naomi, Sonya Deville, and one person to be named later. We will find out this Monday on Raw who will be most of the participants uh, performing on behalf of Team Raw. You also have a tag team Survivor Series elimination match. Right now, SmackDown has announced the Usos in the New Day being on uh, SmackDown side. Three more teams to be announced and Team Raw. I tell you, that comes out to a 20-man uh, Survivor Series match. But, you know, and the idea is, you know, one tag team partner gets pinned. Both of them have to leave. You know, I have no problem with so many people competing in Survivor Series matches. The problem is I fucking hate how people will get pinned in a minute. And then all of a sudden another pin will happen 10 seconds later. You know, I, I always felt, you know, I'd have two guys brawling outside the ring, getting counted out. Maybe somebody gets disqualified. It's a little more creative. To have someone fucking get pinned on a bullshit move in 45 seconds where in a regular match it wouldn't happen for 10 minutes, I, that diminishes the Survivor Series value for me. But so far, you know, that's what we got. Things will change between now and Survivor Series. And I got news for you. Survivor Series is only, what, 10 days away? So it's coming here much quicker than, than you think. Now, you know, as I joked on Monday and, you know, Shout out to everybody who picked it up immediately. You know, this ridiculous news story floating around that Brock Lesnar is signed for at least two more dates. Logic would have told you, okay, Brock Lesnar is the universal champion. He obviously has to wrestle at least one match to lose the title, unless they strip them. And he's wrestling AJ Styles where no belt is on the line. So Brock Lesnar has to wrestle at least two matches. And, you know, everybody pretty much picked up on that. Not his word going around that Brock Lesnar is scheduled to re wrestle at WrestleMania. It's going to be interesting to see if WWE keeps the belt on him until then. Uh, as I said last week, and I will stick to it, the reason why he got that title back is because Braun Strowman winning the title in the United States, or no disrespect to Saudi Arabia, but the Saudi hierarchy who are the ones dictating certain people performing on those shows, um, they wouldn't be as interested as Braun Strowman being the champion. Yes, there's a lot of fans in the audience, get these hands, get these hands, but you look at the Saudi Arabia event, it seems that nostalgia is the, uh, the, 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 the special of the day. When you go to a restaurant and they have the special of the day, that's pretty much what's on the menu right now. Of course, they like the current crop of stars, but nostalgia always just gets you a little bit more. Did those matches, uh, were they very subpar? Absolutely. But Saudi Arabian fans, and, uh, Saudi hierarchy ate it up. They loved it. And like I said, when I did my recap that night, you know, for everyone else watching it, from the outside in, you know, you looked at it and you thought it was, for the most part, garbage. But as a fan in Saudi Arabia and the kind of money that's being thrown WWE's way, you know what? They loved it. They enjoyed it. This The Saudi government is worth, you know, what, hundreds of billions of dollars? You know, to them, dropping a bucket. WWE, major financial boost to their income. And it has affected the stock market as well. Everybody likes to focus on the last month and a half with the stock market with WWE. You haven't paid attention on a lot of other companies out there whose stock has dropped quite a bit. And there is something in the stock market called the correction. Well, you think WWE stock just goes up until it's $500 a share? That's why when I see these nimrods on these websites, you know, posting, oh, it went down, did $5, $10, and you don't understand why, and you actually think, that it has to do with, uh, you know, the PR that they went to Saudi Arabia. You know, that deal was announced, what, March, April? Look when, how big, how much the stock went up since then. So, well, you just learned in the last couple of, me, mean the death of Khashoggi, Jamal Khashoggi, all of a sudden changed everybody's views on Saudi Arabia. You fucking didn't lay, open your eyes when they first inked the deal in March or April, why are you so butthurt right now? You know, you're, you're irate that a reporter got killed under mafia-type conditions, but 
LGBTQ, you know, the way they're treated and women just didn't phase you. You know, come on. There's no excuse for not understanding what's going on in the current world. If you are that upset about Saudi Arabia or something else, at least do some fucking research. The fact that people were making such a big deal about Rey Mysterio's cross being removed from the mask told me that you never ever spent an ounce of time trying to understand that company, that country's culture, that country's religion, their laws, the way they treat people, the way they don't treat people. You didn't do nothing because their religion is the only religion that is allowed to be practiced in Saudi Arabia. Christianity is not allowed to be practiced. It is not allowed to be public. No public expression or form of any other religion is allowed. If you knew that already, common sense, Rey Mysterio was not coming out with a goddamn cross. But that's news for everybody else because you're uneducated. I'm not talking about our regular listeners because I have said this fucking going back to 19, I can't say 1997, because I started my hotline in 97. I didn't realize until around 99 or 2000 that, you know, we had the most educated listeners, or I did, had the most educated listeners of any hotline at that time, because everybody else was busy with WWE Raw, WWF Raw in Corpus Christi, Texas. Here are your results. The Rock had a no disqualification. Blah, 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 blah. No. What I do is opine. It's an opinion show. You may not agree with my opinions, and I may not agree with yours, but we respect each other's opinions, and we move on. I speak on behalf of all the other bullshit that all of you go through and see and experience online. I mean, it's just horrendous. But everybody, for the most part, that's listening to you know to the show right now, you know, you're very aware and you're very intelligent. And there's nothing wrong with not understanding something and doing research and learning about it later. There was a lot about Saudi Arabia that I did not know about until, you know, not too long ago. So, you know, do some reading and learn a little bit. Anyway, yesterday on SmackDown, we had Nikki Cross make her debut. She is now in the the team of Sanity. You know, we were saying on the other shows for quite some time that Sanity needed a female uh, member. And they went with Nikki Cross, and I'm fine with it. She is a very talented performer. She lost to Becky Lynch in five minutes yesterday, but uh, I don't think you could have expected any other outcome. And just going back a little bit to Survivor Series, you know, I'm reading a lot of people saying, you know, it's a shame if uh, you know Becky Lynch has to lose to Ronda Rousey at Survivor Series. You know, when it comes to title versus title. You know, in some cases, you are definitely getting a run-in or a disqualification or something. You don't have to worry about Becky Lynch having to be pinned clean by Ronda Rousey. Expect some type of interference. Brock Lesnar versus AJ Styles, I don't know. Maybe that will end up being a clear, clear winner. Seth Rollins versus Shinsuke. You know, you don't have Dean Ambrose booked in any match so far. You kind of feel that he it's only apropos that he either causes Seth Rollins to lose or the DQ finish. So don't worry. You know, and remember, this is entertainment. Your favorite is not going to lose stock because they lost at Survivor Series. You know, you're fighting champion versus champion, which is supposed to be the creme de la creme. So don't worry about it. Uh, there are reports going around that WWE, um, has acquired the video library for the World Wrestling Council. Uh, that's the uh, promotion in Puerto Rico owned by Carlos Colon. Um, let me tell you something. If you have experienced the World Wrestling Council, um, in the eighties, the nineties, there is some violent, violent shit on those shows and I say that in the utmost complimentary fashion. Very interesting to see what they do with that video library because there are, you know, you think of Bruiser Brody, Abby, the Funks, you think of even, you know, some of the other wrestlers who competed in that promotion uh, Hanson, Road Warriors, you know, Savage. You just go down the list. I mean, not every match was blood and guts. 
There are some really, really great gems out there. That's one of the things I love about doing this week in wrestling history. You know, unfortunately, we don't get to cover too many World Wrestling Council matches because the commentary is in Spanish. And a majority of our listeners don't understand Spanish. So I can't put the con- those matches or highlights of it on the episodes that I do. But I still, as far as results go, you go online and you find some real gems out there that a lot of people don't even realize that the footage is available. So it's going to be interesting to see what WWE does with it. It's also going to be interesting to see what happens on YouTube and um, Daily Motion. Usually stuff gets left up there, but YouTube especially. I'm wondering if WWE is going to start insisting that certain matches and videos get taken down. And if that's the case, I mean, you know, look, makes sense for their business wise, but it'll suck for all of us. Because, you know, to to be able to see it in its pure form is, to me, the best way to watch it. That's why I can't watch ECW, the original ECW and the WWE Network. You take away all the music, you, you dub things over, things sound all congested, and it just, it's not the same. It's not the same. So anyway, um... On SmackDown also, you had uh, Cian Almas taking on Rey Mysterio. Cian Almas showing a lot of respect for Rey online, talking about how he grew up, you know, pretty much idolizing Rey Mysterio. Zelina Vega was not on the show because a lot of people believe that she suffered a concussion during the Battle Royal match at Evolution. So, uh, you know, hopefully it's nothing serious. I don't think it is. I haven't heard anything really serious about her injury so i i know that they didn't want her to fly overseas because of the concussion so hopefully in a week or two you know we'll see her back on tv rest in peace jose lothario passed away yesterday at the age of 83 um a lot of wrestling fans know jose lothario solely on him being in the corner of Shawn michaels in the mid 90s especially when uh, he was fighting against Bret Hart when he first started winning his titles I mean look that's all you know about him absolutely fine Uh, he's got a very storied career WWE paid a nice tribute to him online today a lot of legends in wrestling are paying tribute to him as well you know was he extremely uh, i don't want to say extremely popular by fans but was he one of the the major stars you know in yesteryear i wouldn't say for us overseas yeah he was a big star but you know for us in the states you know he wasn't as much of a star and again a lot of people remember him simply being you know the in the corner of Shawn michaels but still rest in peace 83 years old so he lived a nice long life um, congrats to AJ Styles. Today is his uh, official one-year anniversary of winning the WWE Championship. So he now has a title reign of about 364, 365 days. If you heard what I said on Monday, believe me when I tell you, it has started. I said, how soon, Monday, you start thinking, or people are going to start accusing WWE of taking away uh, some of CM Punk's accolades, diminishing his legacy, having Shane McMahon call himself best in the world, having, um, you know, AJ Styles possibly passing 434 days. And you always need to correct people out there. CM Punk's 434-day title reign is not a record, all right? If AJ Styles passes 434 days, he did not break a record. He passed a milestone, he passed CM Punk on the list of the longest reigning champions, but it's not a record. Don't give me this modern era shit, all right? WWE says that because they want, you know, to emphasize and make certain milestones and moments feel more important than what it actually is, you know? But at the end of the day, look, 434 days is very impressive in today's era of wrestling, but it's not a record. It's, it's not. There's no other way to put it. So WWE will, you know, overhype it. And, and you calling it a record, you're doing exactly what WWE expects you to do. Um, thank you to, oh, who was the one that sent it to me? I think it was, oh, it was Diogo Nobre. I was going to play the audio, but I watched the whole 20 minutes of it. 
And to me, Stephanie really didn't say anything that we don't know already. Uh, For those that don't know, yesterday, Stephanie was in Lisbon overseas for the Web Summit. She was there talking about the women's evolution. And it's on YouTube if you want to watch it. And basically, she's just talking about, you know, what the WWE evolution for women is all about talking about Ronda Rousey and talking about, you know, building, you know, the value of the women on the roster and how she wants, you know, one day everything to be 50-50, which as you've heard me explain in the past, just an opinion, uh, I think that is just not a good idea unless you show me that the female audience has dramatically increased for the WWE. There are some forms of entertainment. There are some forms of sports that are dominated more by women than men. So just because you want your gender to, you know, to have equal rights of a a different gender doesn't mean that a certain form of entertainment or sport is the right place to do it. All right. They say one day that the, that the women will be as equal as the men. If the women are talented and we enjoy them, and we're paying tickets to see them, and we're buying pay-per-views and subscribing to the network to watch them, and we're not turning the channel when you see certain of their matches on TV, if you show me that the ratings in the business is equal, then yeah, absolutely. Let it be equal on both sides. But you do not make both genders 50-50 simply because you would want them to be 50-50. If you are not benefiting financially because women are on TV or men are on TV or midgets are on TV. You don't just force the issue anyway. And, you know, that's just the way it is. Now, look, WWE's current crop of women are extremely talented. I know we go back to yesteryear and there are a lot of women that we grew up watching from Sherry to Medusa to even Trish Stratus. She progressed into a very good wrestler, Lita, you know, Molly Holly. I mean, you could go down the line. Beth Phoenix. There were some very, very good performers that if they wrestled in this era, this current day and age, they would do fine. They would do no problems whatsoever. All right. There just wasn't as many big time talented women wrestlers at that time. You had your Bull Nakanos and you had wrestlers from Japan as well. But this current day and age, there is a much bigger crop of very talented women. Look at the Mae Young Classic, right? Some women in the Mae Young Classic had no business being in the tournament, but the majority of people who were in there are very talented. You could not have done the Mae Young Classic 20 years ago, right? Yes, you had women performing on the indies and I could throw at least 10, 15 women on the indies back then that were very good. But you know, it also, you got to remember it takes two to tango when you have matches and you know, if you only have WWE only has six, seven women on their roster or extremely talented and you use up talented women on the indies to face them in a tournament or whatever it is. And by the way, if you look at the Mae Young Classic, they didn't use women from the main rosters competing on there. So you're pretty much using only indies. Uh, you just, it would have had a much more difficult time back then to try to put together something like a Mae Young Classic. Plus, you look at the way WWE, they have the network now. They could, you, you put on a network and up until the Evolution pay-per-view, Every fucking time that I came home, whether it's from work or going out with my girlfriend or, you know, just going to the store, coming back from getting gas, you know, going outside and fucking just whatever. I mean, every time I came back, what's on the WWE Network? The May Young Classic. So they could stream it over and over and over and over and over again until everybody sees it. Back then, what are you going to do? Keep repeating it on pay-per-view? It's not going to happen. So, but anyway, Stephanie, like I said, she pretty much reiterated all the talking points that she has said before. Uh, the person who interviewed her, he had some okay questions, but there was there was nothing major coming out of it. The one thing that she did bring up that I know we have talked about on these shows in the past is that WWE, once they really get NXT UK really established and having their footprint, yes, their footprint in UK already is substantial. But when they get that 
under control and really profitable and really, you know, a well-oiled machine, they're going to look to maybe go to Japan or go to this country or go to that country and do the same thing. And they are going to be global with this. You will see WWE in different countries and you will see their promotion or their version of NXT and something. And yes, you'll see it on the WWE network, but for the most part, majority of those wrestlers will never, ever, ever come to the United States and be on the main roster. When you get a certain diamond in the rough, that's different. But for the most part, this is WWE basically, you know, setting up their store in a particular country. Just like, you know, when you see like, I mean, McDonald's has been around for decades, but when you have a franchise that wants to go into new countries and set up shop over there and start building a good clientele. WWE, obviously, because of their network and the history of being pro wrestling, all the fans overseas are looking from thousands and thousands of thousands of miles away. It's not like you're setting up a new business in their country. Like, hey, what's this all about? Let me sample it. Let me check it out. These fans already have an idea what it's about. And it's smart for WWE to use the homegrown talent in those countries because fans over there, when they go see wrestling live and in person, the only wrestlers that they see for the most part are their homegrown locals. Yes, you will get wrestlers traveling overseas from this neck of the woods, but it's very expensive. You know, you look at Ken Shamrock that's coming to Australia, and that is huge news in Australia because they don't get too many wrestlers coming here just to work random Indie shows. A uh, couple of shout outs, and I'm going to just answer a couple of quick questions, only because I had a few people on Patreon who had mentioned a couple of questions, and it happened to be topics I was going to bring up anyway. But I want to shout out our newest associate producers, the Patreon, Tony, John Krauser, Michael Petrowski, uh, Rob from Nashville as well. Thank you, as always, for your support. Our new and returning patrons, Nico Time, Tyler McCoy, a.k.a. Captain Shitstein, Matt Guy, the unemployed milkman, love that name, Phil Neal, Isaac Lee, Joe Rivera, Adam Freed, Steve Calderon, Dave the Wave, 1994. By the way, for those that are on Patreon, I was doing uh, another episode of Blah 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 today, but as you realize probably now when you see this online, I'm doing Breakfast with Blossy very late today. Had a very long day at the office, and I had a... Stupid freaking accident happened in my house today. Not going to talk about it here, but all I'm going to say is I almost had to go to the fucking hospital because of burning myself. I'll talk about it on blah, blah, blah. People will be like, wow, that is such fucking unlucky shit that happened to me today. Man, it sucked. So I'm up here so late doing this Wednesday night that honestly, uh, I'm going to do blah, blah, blah tomorrow at a much more reasonable time. Plus, because the midterms is happening, there's some stuff that might be breaking in sports tonight and tomorrow morning, a couple of rooms going around. I think doing blah, blah, blah tomorrow would be better. And by the way, if you want to go check it out, patreon.com slash Don Tony. I know tomorrow night, Kev is going to do another installment of his solo show, Castle Chronicles. Uh, shout out to some of our associate producers as well. Tygsy Bowers, John Krauser, Tony, Michael Petrowski, like I said, Bad Boy Nico, Paul Convoy, Daniel Williams, Dan Hayes Valdez, Justin Rebstock, John Miller, Mark Redman, John Steck, John Coffey, Andrew914, Zach Spoonamori, Jerry Stewart, Magic Johnson, Paul Woods Jr., Rich Mahark, Adam Demoy, Diogo Nobre, Johnny Marin, Michael Westfall, Brandon Foley, Villainous Havoc, Courtney Summers, and Chuck Lentz. We'll get into more shout-outs in a little bit. Uh, you know what? For the haters out there that hate me, but for some reason still listen, I will give you a little bit of enjoyment. Now, I'll tell you the stupid freak accident that happened today. It just, when you have a bad day and things just get worse, this is the kind of day I had today. All right. I'm just giving everybody an idea. Came home for lunch today around one o'clock. And, you know, sometimes I'll eat in my office. Sometimes I'll come home for lunch. I only work five minutes from where, where I live. So going home for lunch is, is easy for me. And I have in my freezer microwave dinners and other stuff. And sometimes I'll buy a sandwich. It depends. So today was such a really hectic day. I didn't have time to go to the store or anything. So I come home. I'm looking in my freezer to see what I'm going to have for lunch. And I see a microwave tur turkey dinner from Stouffer's. It's got turkey gravy, mashed potatoes, stuffing. 
I'm like, all right, I know Thanksgiving's about two weeks away, right around the corner, but you know what? Yeah, I'll have a little turkey for lunch. So I put it in the microwave, microwave it about five minutes, take it out, stir it, put it back in the microwave. I'm getting hungry. But meanwhile, as I'm doing this, um, you know, I, I had taken my shoes off. I walk around my house with my socks on and, you know, I, I usually don't walk around with bare feet, but I had my socks on and, you know, I felt something underneath my sock and it felt like I had stepped on something. So I look on the floor and I realized that a tiny little bit of gravy when I'm stirring the turkey fell on the floor and I stepped in it. So I'm like, oh, fuck. So I take the socks off, put it in the washing machine and, you know, I'm in the kitchen. So I, all right, when I, when I finish making my lunch, I'll go in the bedroom, take out another pair of socks, put them on. So I'm in the kitchen right now, barefoot. And my foot, my floors are clean. So there's no big deal, but I'm barefoot in the kitchen and I'm waiting for my microwave dinner to finish. And I swear on a stack of Bibles, this happened. I swear on my parents, whatever you want me to swear on, this really happened today. And it's just, if you picture it, it's so fucking ridiculous. You couldn't even come up with this on a comedy movie. All right. I take the dinner out of the microwave and me when I microwave food I need it fucking piping hot to the point where the plastic is almost melting I like it really really hot temperature wise so I take it out and the thing is a little wobbly I'm like all right you know what let me take the turkey dinner and put it in like a Tupperware and I'll eat it out of the Tupperware so I take the container out and long story short as I'm pouring the gravy and the 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 mashed potatoes and the turkey and it's Tupperware, a, a, a little blotch of mashed potatoes falls on the floor and it falls on my foot and it's fucking steaming hot. And anybody, I don't know if you've followed on the news lately, but there's been a big news story floating around about kids getting really badly burned from eating ramen out of the microwave. All right, so now just picture this piping, almost boiling mashed potatoes, little bit, like maybe like a half a spoonful, falls on the top of my foot. So my immediate reaction is to take my other foot and wipe the fucking thing off because my foot is burning. I'm going, oh, fuck, and I, I, I'm trying to wipe it off. So what happens? The mashed potatoes fell in between my two toes. So as I'm trying to wipe it off with my other foot, I can't reach it because it's between my two fucking toes. And I'm like screaming that this fucking thing is hot. I look around, there's no paper towels. There's no fucking dish towels. There's nothing for me to wipe it off. There was nothing. I had to fucking run like a bad cartoon into the bathroom, take the towel, wipe the shit off. By then, fucking red, blistered, almost had to go to the doctor. I don't want to say hospital, but I almost went to the fucking doctor for first aid. You believe that shit? So now I got this fucking first aid cream on it. It burns like hell. It's so uncomfortable. And yeah, this was sort of filler for today's Breakfast of Blossy. But I know there's enough people out there that will absolutely love that yours truly got a little bit injured today. But I swear on a stack of bi- How fucking bad, bad luck is that? You have this fall not only on your foot, but it falls in between your toes. So when you're trying to wipe it off with your other foot, it doesn't reach it because your foot just is rubbing the top of your foot. Oh man, did it suck. (laughs) It sucked so bad. Anyway, UFC 230 took place over the weekend in Madison Square Garden. Big news coming out of it is that Brock Lesnar was not there. And a lot of people are reporting that the reason why Brock Lesnar wasn't there was because they were worried you'd have another brawl like the one that Conor McGregor had at UFC 229. Honestly, everyone, that's bullshit. All right. You look at UFC as, um, I don't want to say violent, but as much as violence or brawling that product has. All right. You don't have too many outside incidents like that. Why? Because Conor McGregor and Khabib Namagmadov, because they brawled, now all of a sudden everybody that has a feud with someone is going to brawl outside the ring and do fucking criminal stuff? Come on. You think that's really going to happen? Brock Lesnar, of course, you know, he can be a loose cannon and yeah, he could you know push someone, curse them out, say some really derogatory stuff. But at the end of the day, they're not going to risk getting fined, getting suspended, getting arrested. So they're using that excuse 
to try to intensify, you know, Brock Lesnar and the feuds, the heat that he has with certain opponents in UFC. But he was just never scheduled to appear there. It had nothing to do with fears that he was going to stop brawling with someone. It's just a flat out lie, just to be honest. Oh, by the way, speaking of Brock Lesnar, he will return to WWE next week. In my opinion, one week too late, this is WWE's contract with Brock Lesnar. It really annoys me. You know, I could understand kids doing this. I could understand maybe even some teenagers doing this. But when you see people in their 20s and above actually thinking that Brock Lesnar is lazy and he doesn't want to go to work and he just doesn't defend the title, and they actually think that Brock Lesnar tells WWE, nah, I don't feel like going to on Monday. I'm going to stay home. All right? That doesn't fucking happen. All right, WWE has a specific contract with Brock Lesnar. I've said this a thousand times over the years, and this is not something new. I've said this for years and years and years, and it just amazes me that this just isn't common sense to everyone out there. All right, Brock Lesnar has a contract with WWE to work a certain number of dates. WWE determines what dates that Brock Lesnar could appear, and as long as Brock Lesnar doesn't have some prior commitment, Brock Lesnar shows up. He does what he has to do, and he goes home. All right, he doesn't wrestle for a month. That's WWE's decision to not have him on the show. It's not that WWE wants him to defend the title and he doesn't show up. It's just nonsense. And anybody that thinks that is just out of their minds. And let's all look at it in a common sense point of view. Every single person listening, if your employer said to you, I will give you this boatload of money, and you only need to show up 10 times for the next six months, you're not going to do it? You're going to turn around and say, nah, you know, 10's awfully low. I really want to do a lot for the fans of payback, but you know, put me down for 20. Or if Brock Lesnar's not going to schedule to appear a certain night, you think Brock Lesnar's just going to show up and say, hey, guys, I know I'm not scheduled tonight, but, you know, this one's on me. Eh, this is a freebie. The fuck out of here. Seriously. Anybody that thinks that with Brock Lesnar is out of their minds. Out of their minds. Anyway, um, those are the curious. I figured I'd share with you. You might get a kick out of it. Nia Jax, I don't know if she's revealed this before. Never really knew the origins of her ring name. Again, I don't know if she said this before. Maybe I just wasn't interested in looking. But she did an interview over the weekend, and she said, and I quote, I was an athlete my entire life and had four basketball scholarships for college. Then one day when she was still in high school, a talent agent approached her after an event, and she ended up signing with the Wilhelmina Models in New York. She never thought about modeling as a curvy girl, but then it happened. Her family was always involved in sports entertainment, rock especially. She watched WWE growing up, but never considered it something that she could actually do. And she talked about, you know, the women and for her size, she never thought that she could actually compete. But, um, you know, family, her aunt, who's The Rock's mom, you know, very supportive and everybody rooting for her to do it. And she finally got a deal. So when they were trying to figure out what name to give her, she said at the time she was completely obsessed with Sons of Anarchy, Jax Teller. And she thought Jax as a last name was really cool. She put that on the list. And Naya for Samoan uh, is really pronounced Nia. And if you, you know, if you know Samoan names, I mean, that's pretty much what it is, Nia. But she liked Naya better as far as a wrestling ring name and WWE went with it. So hence Nia Jax. So there you go. You know, learn something. Um, Let's see what else. Hassan Hashmi. You know, when I mentioned you know, previously about Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, Abu Dhabi. And I said, we have friends and listeners and fans that live in these countries. It's no, no bullshit, no joke. We have a few that are on our patrons. And Hassan um, really enjoyed the discussion that we had, especially last week about Saudi Arabian business. And Stell 
once again, you know, big fan of the show. And this guy is the real deal. He's got an awesome soccer podcast out there. He's on my Twitter if you want to go check him out. And he's done work for NBC Sports. And this guy knows his shit as far as the the business dealings with Saudi and other countries. And, you know, he's really done a lot of research on this. So he deserves a lot of the credit because his research is what led to me doing research is what we talked about last week. But he was talking, you know, Hassan, just to follow up on this. And I, and I wanted to share it with everyone out there because this is someone who lives in that area that actually follows a lot of these business dealings. And it gives you an insight directly from that country. And he was saying that, you know, in the past, I've talked about the best difference between, you know, um, Abu Dhabi and, you know, Saudi Arabia. He agrees with regards to Qatar and the Saudi deals with Qatar and its ties to ISIS. This caused many countries in the Middle East, including the United Arab Emirates, to completely cut ties with Qatar, banning flights to and from Qatar, local channels, you know, just nothing to do with Qatar whatsoever. So the PSG-Qatar deal makes sense as well as the potential KSA and Manchester United deal. He completely disagrees with Abu Dhabi and the United Arab Emirates and that there's no human rights issues. Um, I said that women are respected there. Look, Hassan and everybody else, of course there are human rights issues in you know these various countries. From me, you know, being thousands of miles away and looking from the outside in, it seems that Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates are much more laxed as far as their treatment of women. And what he says is that in, in his area that the women could wear whatever they want. And that's why it annoys him that WWE made such a big deal of the women performing in Abu Dhabi. You remember when the women performed there and the crowd was chanting, this is hope, this is hope. You know, they're allowed to dress that way and they were allowed to perform. And she even brings up the point that Ronda Rousey came to Abu Dhabi dressed normally when they were filming Fast and Furious. So to those that live in that area, and this is probably the most important point that could be made right now, and I want people to understand this. For those that live in Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates, the story of WWE women performing there, you would think that that area, would it would be a bigger story to them than it would be to us, right? It's the opposite. In our neck of the woods and other countries, looking at it from the outside in, you know, we're looking at it like, wow, you know, this is just landmark and breaking barriers and this, this and that. But yet those who live in that area didn't find it as big of a deal. And that, to me, is very fascinating. And he goes on to say, just like when WWE did not bring Darren Young, and he has said before that there have been many LGBT performers that have competed in Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates, with no issues. He even brings up Sam Smith, who is openly gay, performed there earlier this month, Elton John has been there. Ellen DeGeneres has been there. No issues whatsoever. So why did WWE not bring Darren Young? So little things like this, as I said, it might be, I, I, and I'm not saying this to, to, you know, upset Hassan or Stella or anything else. This discussion I love because you learn more about other cultures and you also understand what people are thinking in, in that area compared to what we think they're thinking. And to some of you out there, you'd rather hear me give you results and this is an ad and, you know, some of you may find some of this boring, but I will never, you know, not talk about things like this on these shows. I think it's great insight to understand. Yes, we have talked in the past about Stephanie McMahon taking, we even mentioned it on Monday. Stephanie McMahon, I think, has absolute, best intentions. She, as a woman, she really wants to see women have equal footing in WWE and the men. Absolutely. But you never pass up the opportunity to take something that might be a little tiny thing and blow it up, especially if other people are willing to blow it up for you. All right. And I know blowing it up is kind of a fucked up way to put it, but 
Think of it like this. All right. WWE does a good gesture or someone an award or does some kind for whatever it is. All right. And, you know, it's not a big deal, but other people turn it into a huge thing, writing articles about it, talking about it, posting it here, writing it here, papers, picking it up. And Stephanie sees, wow, a lot of people are taking notice. Then it gets overly hyped and blown up exaggerated and just changed to make it look like it was this gigantic, tremendous thing when it really isn't. But look, as I said, with evolution, you're a woman and you're competing and trying to find a spot where you already have the deck stacked against you, unless you're this major star or have this tremendous connection with fans because this is a male-dominated sport. And I honestly believe, and I'm not saying this to get anybody pissed off, I honestly believe that WWE will never be 50% women, 50% men on their roster. They may sign a lot of women to deals and by numbers, but you will you will never see it unless it's forced by WWE. You will never see it naturally progress where you will have five matches women, five matches men. Look, they could do that at Survivor Series if they want. Nothing is stopping them from doing something. But as far as I'm saying is in a financial aspect, in a business aspect, Wrestling will always be a male-dominated sport. You have promotions that are only women, all right? There's nothing wrong with women's wrestling. There's a lot of women's wrestling that I like. But me, I prefer to watch men wrestle. I don't mean that in any homophobic way or anything like that. I just particularly like that sport. Just like women out there like certain sports entertainment that involve more women. Look at women who are fans of basketball. A lot of them prefer to watch the WNBA then watch the NBA. Does that make them, you know, uh, biased against men? Does that mean they hate men? No, they just more entertained by watching women play basketball than the men. Same thing, nothing different. I want to shout out some more of our associate producers on Patreon. Billy Taylor, Nickel Time, Hassan Hashmi. again, thank you for the commentary. Brent Webster, Aaron Walker, Aaron Kloss, out in the here. Anthony Smith, James Grusa, Mark Israel, Jeffrey Collins, Tim Everhart, Bob O'Mac, Lucio Dalban, Mandingo Chamberlain, Josh Wilson, Jason Pratt, Scott Woodford, CJ Uihara, Crestman, James Deal, Donald J. Trump, Russell Zavala, Murr Coombs Jr., Douglas McKay, Anna the Gay Banana, Julian LeBlanc, Brandon Rice, Carl Buto, a.k.a. Cheese and Rice, Spider Lewin, The Metaphor Isaac Fox, Rob McKay, Brian Byrne, Daniel Warren, and Michael Cuomo. Thank you as always. I know some of you out there have heard very um, many of these names repeated for probably two years now. They are unwavering in their support. They are the reasons, along with all our other patrons, why these shows are still free for everyone out there. I'm serious. If everybody checked out our Patreon page, even for just one month, not only would you get awesome content there, but... You know, you would help us keep these free and have the bills paying almost for a year. Seriously. Patreon.com slash Don Tony if you want to go check it out. And you know what? Perfect timing as well because next week is Survivor Series. We'll be doing a predictions contest. If you see on my Twitter at Don Tony D, I put up the prize wall every month so you could see, you know, what prizes are available if you win the contest. And what's cool about it, and I've said this before, when you take part in a predictions contest, how you win is you predict the matches correctly. And even though we have about 500 patrons on average, only about a third of them, maybe 25% of them take part in the predictions contest. So if you are good with predictions and you see something really cool in the prize wall and you're a patron, take part in the contest. So there's so much stuff going on over there. So anyway, um, check out Texas Podcast Massacre. Really, really cool podcast, focusing on horror films especially. Rock Reviews podcast as well. You know, just reviewing music in a very unique way. Sneaker Addict, another unique podcast. You can find them on YouTube under the name The Sneaker Addict. I know a lot of our listeners have signed up on his channel. Seriously, for everyone out there that likes to experiment and experience different types of podcasts, you should check out every single one of of, uh, the ones that we plug. Every single one of them is unique. 
In my opinion, you know, I know I get sound like a wise ass on Twitter. And I say, you know, there's so many podcasters out there that don't take time to improve their own shows, that don't take time to give more content to their listeners. It's almost like unless you get paid or you put money in your pocket, they won't, they're not, they have no incentive to do anything for their listeners. All right. You, you look out there, how many people out there check out some podcasts and they just do what they do and they get out of there and that's it. But yet you'll always see them commenting about other podcasters commenting about their comments. And, and to me, that just bugs me because I'm like, you know what, you know, put your listeners before the shows. So instead of me gushing and listening to hours of other podcasts, I'd rather give you content. I'd rather work on giving you better content and give you, you know, not necessarily unique content out there, but try to give you, you know, a lot. And if you really paid attention to all of the content that I have done over the last two weeks, I mean, it's insane. The amount of content. I mean, it's just, I've done what, what, an, 11 uh, podcast out of 16 days. And, you know, really, if you think about it, you know, I normally only do three or four, you know, but do a couple of blah, blah, blahs this week in history and a few other things out there. You know, I'm always here for all of you out there. And I don't say that to pander, but, you know, all of you, some of you never sh- shout out, never make your names public. You just listen anonymously and I'm perfectly cool with that. I just want you to know that I really appreciate all the support. And that's the reason why I continue to do this. And that's the reason why I absolutely never satisfied with any of the shows that I do. I always feel that I could do a little bit better, even though it's just a hobby. Elman Shah has got a displayed store. Very, very cool pop culture artwork on metal. You could check out his his link on our website, dontony.com. Every week when we post a synopsis, there's a link there. Go check it out. SubZeroComics.com for all your wrestling, comic book, and pop culture collectible needs. Christ in the Toyverse has a podcast. They do a lot of reviews of toys, bobbleheads, figures, collectibles. Really, really cool podcast. And they reviewed yours truly's bobblehead. And that was something special. Find them on YouTube under the name Undercover Capes. And finally, Your Best Bargains, LLC. They have an Amazon and eBay store under the same name and uh, go check them out as well. Uh, I'm looking to see if there's anything else really for me to get into right now. As far as the ratings, you know, I don't think too much of the ratings this week because we did have the midterm elections Tuesday night. I heard Ron Smackdown's ratings were on par from last week. I know SmackDown had to compete with the midterm election coverage, which I watched for the most part live. I skimmed through SmackDown last night late, and I watched it a little more detailed this week. You know, the Usos versus the New Day yesterday on SmackDown was a lot of fun. But at this point, I almost put it in the same boat as Randy Orton versus Sheamus and Sasha Banks, Bailey versus Riot Squad. I... I'm sorry. I mean, they're all talented, but I'm just sick of seeing the same fucking matches over and over and over. It almost feels like that these rosters only consist of about a dozen people on each show, especially SmackDown, because SmackDown is only two hours compared to three. I'm just, I don't know, man. I mean, again, New Day versus Usos was great yesterday, but when you see it over and 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 over, it's just, it's not the same. So anyway, I'm out of here, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Breakfast with Blossie. I know it only went about an hour and keep in mind less than 48 hours ago, I did the DTKC show. So when we do these episodes, sometimes they will be shorter in time because it's just not a plethora amount of stuff to cover, but I think we got into enough stuff. I will return in two weeks, November 21st, with your next edition of Breakfast with Blasi. Next Wednesday will be Breakfast Soup on Patreon, hosted by yours truly and Mish. Uh, programming note, I will not be on the November 19th DTKC show. I'm going to be attending a Ranger game. I'll be back in time to record, and Kev will be likely flying it solo that night. And I will be doing a Survivor Series recap, though, Sunday night. So for our patrons, it'll be released Sunday night, about an hour after the pay-per-view. Everyone else, it'll be released Monday. So follow me on Twitter, at DonTonyD. 
the website, dontony.com. Email me, dontony at dontony.com. Facebook.com slash DTKC show. And again, patreon.com slash dontony. As always, check out Wrestling Soup. They air live 9.30 p.m. every Thursday night, WrestlingSoup.com. Same listening links as you tune into the DTKC show live every Monday. And always consider their Patreon page as well, Patreon.com slash WrestlingSoup. I'm telling you, five bucks there, five bucks here. You will get so much content. You will not be able, you could listen 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and go an entire year and still have unique content on those two channels that are not available uh, for everybody else. So check it out, and I'm out of here. Everyone, enjoy the rest of the week. I'll catch you all again uh, this Monday on the DTKC show. Blah, blah, blah on Patreon tomorrow. This week in wrestling history will be uh, posted as well this weekend. Take care, everyone. Be well. Ciao. Support the Don, Tony, and Kevin Castle Show on Patreon. Get access to thousands of hours of back episodes. Get bonus episodes and exclusive shows. Castle Chronicles. Breakfast Soup. Pay-per-view recaps. DVDs. Beer koozies. Tattoos. And more. Support the show that's entertained millions for over 16 years. Patreon.com slash Don Tony. Once again, Patreon.com slash Don Tony.